When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now I'm going with Chargers. What's up, good people? Welcome to another edition of the Lightning Round Podcast. Last night, After Hours, you caught us live. Today, we're live for the TLR Roundtable. Craig here, Garrett here, Jamie under the weather. Couldn't make it today, but Craig and I will hold it down here just like we did last week. We got our Twitter questions, got our Discord questions. Uh, we got some bad tweets. And uh, everybody in the chat that's joined us here live, thank you. And also make sure to uh, get in your questions and we'll get to those uh, as we go through this as well. So Craig, welcome. What's up people. I'm not, oh, did I freeze for a second? I didn't see no, anything moving or hear anything like what happened. Now what's <laughs> up everybody. Uh, thanks for coming in. We will hold down the fort for Jamie and uh, let's have another good time. Yeah. All right. So um, I will go ahead and uh, share the Twitter questions for Jamie. We'll have uh Craig do the discord and then we'll get into these bad tweets. So let's, let's go ahead and get us started here. I'm going to pull it up. Twitter question. Number one, zoom in here from Austin McWalter, which is at Austin McWalter. Do you guys think there will be any changes to the offensive line? Moving Salyer to right tackle, maybe give uh, Bailey a go at guard McFadden at center. They have to do something, right? This is horrific. Knowing the Chargers, they will do F all. The definition of insanity. What would you guys do? Thanks. <laughs> um, do they have to do something? <laughs> I mean, I would suggest that they do, but they technically don't have to. And, you know, the Chargers with continuity, especially on the offensive line, they typically don't want to have any guys move around unless absolutely necessary. I would really really like to give maybe mcfadden an opportunity to play some center i'd like to see it i don't imagine it can be very much worse than uh will clap 
<clears throat> but it's nice to see him on the field even when they're running those jumbo sets. <clears throat> Pardon me. And lining him up at fullback, it's just great to have that sort of size in the backfield to, well, you know, not going to say it's helped with the running game tremendously, but when they've thrown him in here, <clears throat> in there, it looks great. And I think there's an opportunity to grow from there. What I would do is kind of what I mentioned. I'd like to see him play a little center, at least make it a competition, have those guys go at it in practice. And um, you know, if you want to give him some reps there, I'm not saying you know, alternate centers during games. It's not a great idea. But uh, again, I think it would be hard pressed for him to underperform. I know some people out there don't necessarily see Will Clapp as you know, having done so. But there's a real reason why the running game hasn't gotten uh, going since uh, Lindsley's been out. And I think that McFadden would provide an opportunity to be more of a force in the middle. Uh, so I'd be all about him playing some center, but I don't necessarily think the Chargers will do it. Yeah, they're not they're not making a move. Uh, they had a chance at the trade deadline if they're going to do anything or even at the buy and both have passed us by and there is no wholesale change on the offensive line. Also they're, they're definitely not moving Salier to right tackle or even putting Zach Bailey at guard. I think both of those don't really make sense in my mind. I don't, I don't think you give up on Salier that early and what do you do? You're benching Trey Pipkins at that point. I don't, I don't think that makes sense. And also I'm giving McFadden a shot at guard before I'm giving Zach Bailey a shot at guard. Um, so I I don't think it would make sense to make those kind of wholesale changes where you're moving multiple linemen around. Uh, the McFadden at center talk, I uh, kind of floated the idea after he was drafted. I'd, I'd love to see him get some snaps there, but I, that's not happening either. Um, I, it, they're not going to make a move. They're, if they're going to, they're going to sign some kind of uh, veteran center. I was hoping that they would uh, sign a veteran center, but... I don't know if this is good news that they're going to, maybe there's a chance Lindsay comes back that they're not signing another center. I I'm not sure, but I was floating the idea of Austin Blythe uh, coming in and being a, some veteran help older dude. I think he's 31 uh, play some garden center, but that's not happening either. So really at this point, it's just, they're rolling with what they have. I'd love to see McFadden at center at some point, but Right now, they're too far in the season unless an injury happens or the wheels fall off. It's going to be Will Clapp for if and hopefully sometime soon Corey Lindsley comes back. Yeah, that's more of one of those bye week uh, type of deals. Um, mm -hmm. You give an opportunity for guys to kind of get their feet wet, uh, allow them the opportunity to meld a little bit more. But yeah, when you're talking about a season where you're now back, you fought your way back to 500, you might not want to rock the boat too much right now. So Ivan wants to ask you, because I know this is uh, directed at you, because you're talking about them moving those goalposts. Who wins the battle of goalposts moving, ESPN or NFL Network? Just a little backstory, a little context. Herbert getting trashed for his day on Monday night. Uh, no, no real mention about Chargers defense, just how bad the Jets are. Um, not that any of that matters, but it feels like Herbert never gets his due. So who do you think is moving the goalpost the most? I mean, you also left FS1 out of there, okay. but um, no big deal. As uh, a matter of fact, today, I think they're all pretty much neck and neck. It's been really bad all day long today. Uh, worse than normal, actually. Um, I work from home remotely, so I can get my work done. And I just have stuff playing in the background. Of course, being a football nut, I just kind of have it on all the day long. 
um, even hear repeats of things. It just you know, kind of is what it is. Sometimes it's just background noise. But uh, it's been especially ridiculous today. And the reason why I mentioned FS1 is because one particular show didn't even talk about the game. They talked about Aaron Rodgers pregame and didn't, <laughs> didn't even talk about the game at all. Hmm. Boy, that's rough mm-hmm. for a guy who didn't even play. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Uh, next question. Uh, thanks for the question, Ivan. Uh, next one here is from Alex underscore bolt underscore up. Is there a universe where Joey Bosa gets more sacks than Nick Bosa on the season? Craig, I know we're springing this question on you. I had to look it up. Nick Bosa has three sacks on the year. Joey Bosa has six and a half sacks in the year. So the question really comes, can Joey fend off Nick Bosa enough to finish atop the Bosa sack counter? Uh, If you asked me this question a little over a week ago, I'd say potentially. (laughs) But there was a very big move that the 49ers made that will probably free up Nick Bosa a ton for the remainder of the season. Now, of course, his groin could fall off and then Nick, you know, can't compete anymore. And I'm, I'm not sure right. that, that happens. I don't know. I don't know. They always have groin issues. It's, open <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's a genetic thing. Yeah. And I talk about the Bosa's. We know who they're connected to. Hey guys, I apologize. I'm fans <laughs> of you both. No disrespect. <laughs> but uh, all things being fair, um, if Joey can stay healthy, it'll be competitive. But I think I'm going to say right now he's only down three, right? You said Nick has three, Joey has six. Yeah, so three and a half. I, I think I think Nick finishes. I don't think Joey's going to be able to keep up. Um, again, it all depends on whether or not he can stay healthy. And I don't also anticipate that D-line is going to play like they played last night every week, whereas the 49ers pretty much show up every week essentially the same way so nah i wish i wish it would happen but i'm not i wouldn't put any money down on it. yeah see i feel like it's gonna be i mean if you would ask me again if you would ask me earlier like especially like preseason i would have said absolutely not not in this current universe maybe some bizarro world universe but not this one but right now being up six and a half nick being three so you got a three and a half sack lead Adding Chase Young is going to free up Nick Bosa for sure. Also adding Randy Gregory helps that too. Forgot about Gregory. But does that mean we're going to see a lot more of a uh, kind of a rotation in San Francisco? That would be my only argument, but also I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're just going to put all their playmakers on the field because Shanahan's a smart coach and that's what smart coaches do. So I think it's going to be really, really close. And this is a really good question. It is. So I'm I'm going to give Joey Bosa the benefit of the doubt. I, I'm going to say yes. With the lead right now, we're about halfway through the year. Nick's only got three, even though he could probably close that gap in a single game. Uh, I will say Joey finishes this year atop the Bosa sack counter over Nick Bosa. I mean, I sure hope so. I also just don't see a scenario where the 49ers are taking the defending defensive player of the year off of the field. Right, right. Absolutely have to. So uh, I just think the rush gets ratcheted up with the addition of Chase Young. But it's possible uh, if Joey can get on a roll here, uh, especially in these next few weeks uh, Mm -hmm. against some guys that may have some questionable um, interior or offensive tackles, depending on the charges that decide to deploy him uh, on a bunch of those twists and stunts that seem to be working so well. It, it 
very well could happen. And I would love for everybody listening, watching to keep us accountable and, and let us know who wins. Cause I'm probably going to forget in a couple weeks, but I want to know. Cause that's, that's a great question. Yeah. All right. Uh, let me go to number three here. Number three is from Adam glass. I think it's time for you, Jamie and Jamie's not here, but we can uh, take the brunt of this to finally start appreciating Alohi Gilman, which is something we had to talk about last night. And we did, uh, he is always around the ball and making plays. Do you agree? Chargers will probably let him walk on free agency, but they should keep him, right? So the question here in this is, and again, Jamie's not here. I'm sure he can answer you on Twitter. Um, would you, with the season ending today, like we talked about with Kenneth Murray last night, would you re-sign Alohi Gilman? See, I love a good leading question because it almost prompts me into saying absolutely not. Like just <laughs> immediately disagreeing with you. I love when people do that. But uh, <laughs> well, let's start here. I've already admitted to it. Um, even I don't know if you're a part of the Discord or not, but if you aren't, I've said it. You say what you want about Alohi uh, with regards to his coverage ability, his lack of athleticism, the dude makes plays. And the defense functions a bit differently, especially in the secondary. We're talking about creating turnovers and giving the ball back to the offense. And Lohi does that. So you have to respect it. Ultimately, if you know, you're know you great at turning the ball over and giving your offense more chances, then you don't have to be the best athlete. He just has a skill that's very valuable and maybe even more so than um, supreme athleticism. Um, as far as whether the Chargers should keep him, he's feel more like one of those type of Chargers guys. And I don't think they're going to turn a blind eye to the fact that he's performed the way that he has this season when he's been on the field. And again, it's one of those players where it probably won't cost you a ton to keep him around. Um, and if he's a part of rotation and you can allow him to stay around and not, you know, go Adrian Phillips and let him walk away, uh, I think you should, as long as you don't have to overpay. And I don't think they will have to. So I could absolutely see them keeping the low here around. Now, would you? If the price is right. So essentially it's kind of the same thing as the Kenneth Murray conversation we had last night. Uh, the sample size isn't huge, but what we have seen of it um, is enough to make you want to consider it. And if you don't have to overpay for it, then in, at worst case, it's quality depth, which the charges could always use. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's definitely the answer. Um, I, it was much like Kenneth Murray. We talked about last night. Um, I would re-sign Alohi Gilman if it were a short-term deal, we're talking low money and then also giving me a chance to pull that ripcord after year one, maybe year two, if you're, if you want to stretch it to three years, because Murray and Alohi are definitely playing better than they have throughout their entire career. Uh, they have shown that they probably deserve a new contract, but also they haven't shown the consistency to give them a long-term deal and or, you know, a big extension. So for me, if you're doing a, you know, a low end deal, which the safety market in the low end is like a, like a 5 million per year annual salary, because it was like, it, cause I was doing the homework on it last year. It was Xavier Woods got like three year, 15 million. If you're talking in that range, it feels a little high, but mm -hmm. that kind of feels like the market value right above the rookie pay scale. 
you could I could I could make some sense of that deal if you can get out of it pretty uh pretty easily. That's one of those deals where you're gonna try to penny pinch based on production. So if he's performing to the level of one of those guys and that was kind of the baseline, that's where essentially you have to start. They're probably gonna go back and look at again production on the field. The fact that he was out, he seems to be a little injury marred could work against him. So mm-hmm. any way the Chargers can save a penny, they will. And if they can find a way to keep a player around that's produced and not have to pay him you know, above market value, maybe possibly get him at a little under. Maybe he's even willing to take um, you know one of those deals because he feels like they took a chance on him and he has some level of loyalty to them. I mean, some players do do that. Then sure, got to keep him around if you know he's available in that way. And I just want to add from Kev underscore in all these hypothetical, will they resign questions are a little bit skewed since Staley's going to get fired after the year. <laughs> and that's a reasonable reality. So if you're, <laughs> so all these Staley guys uh, won't be Staley guys. If the chargers fire Brandon Staley, that's absolutely true. Uh, all right. So uh, let's, let's move on to these discord questions. I will pull it up for you here, Craig. Whenever you're ready. Yeah. So IDK anything, whether it be Justin, Kellen, or the O-line or the skill position players, I think we can all agree. Wait, I'm sorry. I think we can all agree is the offense makes us sad. What can be done to optimize it for the rest of the season and what ultimately needs to be done in the offseason to improve coaching, free agents, et cetera. What do you think, Eric? Boy, that how much time do we have tonight? Oof. Because you're talking about restructuring the roster as it stands, getting new coaching and everything in between. Uh, we do that in the off season, so um, you know, I think I think that's tough in terms of like you know big scale. But um, does getting Corey Lindsley back count? Because you could start there. That'd be a good starting point. I don't optimize. Yeah. But in terms of offensively on the rewatch, it feels to me like they have to start moving this offense in a different direction. And I know they wanted to go, they went power running early on. Um, They wanted to try to open it up sideline to sideline at the beginning of the year. But now it feels like they have to start moving into a quick timing offense. It feels like the offensive line just isn't giving Herbert enough time to drop back as much as he is. we had the number earlier in discord, but I think he was like 25, 26 times he dropped back in that game. Um, But I mean, to me, it feels like they have to get the ball out of Herbert's hands a lot quicker. So getting like Keenan and QJ and the rest of the cast uh, mix in a lot more hitches and arrows and crossers just to get it out of Herbert's hand a little bit faster, start to use that as an extension of the run game. They were kind of doing that, um, going sideline to sideline. We saw that when they were using Darius Davis as that kind of like out screen game, quick screen game to kind of get the ball in his hands and them get some extra yards. QJ was a yak receiver in college. He was able to do it. They haven't really given him that opportunity. I mean, the handoff on that jet sweep, I mean, that, that's just not his game. Um, so to me, it feels like the quicker this offense can start moving and the quick timing offense the more it'll start opening up the run game, start opening up things downfield. It just, while I was rewatching the game today from last night, it just feels like Herbert is doing too many five-step drops. And the uh, they had three-man rushes getting home on Herbert 
pretty quickly. They had four man rushes getting home really quickly last night. It just does not feel like the way to go right now. And I, I get it. Like when it's, when you have to, you have to, but last night they didn't have to. And it felt like just a, a quick timing offense where you're eating up clock and you're getting those three to five yard completions, a pop, you start slowly moving the sticks, moving the uh, ball down the field methodically. And so, um, so yeah, that's, that's what I, I think should start uh, happening. I'm not saying uh, change the entire offense, but I think it needs to at least start moving in that direction right now with Will Clapp at center and just how this offensive line is performing. Um, in terms of like the overall like offseason thing, that's that's a whole list. I would say what it comes down for me in this offseason and probably beyond and has always been is this team needs to get a lot more playmakers because it just feels like they got a whole lot of role players on this team. And so I think jet in generalities team needs to get some more playmakers. Yeah. So, um, kind of covered all the bases there as far as what I think, but, um, I'll answer the question going from the end back to the beginning, as far <laughs> as the off season, off season stuff goes, it's just kind of all predicated on <clears throat> what happens throughout the rest of the season, who's going to be around because the team could look drastically different at the end of the year, just based on how they finish up. <clears throat> Sorry, I don't know what that's about. Yeah. But um, that's a hard question to ask uh, <laughs> or answer. Let's say things stay static and steadily where to stick around. Um, I think there needs to be an off-season emphasis on the thing that would optimize, ironically enough, the uh, first portion of the question, the offense. If we're talking just offensively, you have to utilize your players in the way that best suits them. So get guys that fit your system. And Staley's been doing that on the defensive side of the ball. I think they need to continue that offensively. Um, you know, if Kellen Moore is going to be around for a bit, then you're going to need players that can be a little bit more aggressive vertically. Um, someone who's an actual threat. I'm sorry, Jalen Guyton. Um, <laughs> and maybe find a way to use that guy who runs a 4-3 vertically Apparently, you didn't figure it out in the offseason, and now he's more of a gadget player. Speaking of Darius Davis, we all know that. And you like to use him horizontally, and he definitely proves that if you get him the ball in space and open field, he can make it happen. You just see what he does as a punt returner. Mm -hmm. It'd be really nice if you could use him as a vertical threat to potentially open up the middle of the field for guys like QJ and um, Keenan to make life a little bit easier. But, again, it just kind of comes back to – making the decisions based on what you have if we're talking in season and using them to the best of their ability uh yeah you already touched on it as far as herbert is concerned with the way the offensive line is performing right now you got kind of sort of a herb uh hobbled with sean slater with the ankle situation you got will clappage as center so honestly you're missing <laughs> you're literally missing what i do did i say something crazy no again? just will clap is will clap uh yeah rashawn slater's got her yeah. foot yeah will clap Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he's Will's just being himself, you know? uh, and so you lost your centerpiece and <laughs> arguably your best offensive lineman, who's your left tackle. I mean, some people will argue maybe it's uh, <clears throat> sorry, some people may argue that it's Lindsley. Uh, I think that you have to do what works now based on how things currently stand. Quick game, get the ball out of Herbert's hands. The fact that they continuously try to stop or I mean, drop Herbert back in five to seven step drops with the offensive line playing at the level that they are right now is easy to me. 
He's got a busted finger already. If you don't want him to make it the rest of the year, just keep doing what you're doing. But if you want things to kind of chug along, it may not be the prettiest. Uh, it may kind of limit what you can do offensively in your playbook, but use those plays to set up those shots down the field. Make teams cheat up because they have to be willing to maybe sit on those quick underneath routes. Maybe your uh, edge rushers are going to cheat to get upfield to maybe get their hands in the pass lane to stop those dump off passes into the flats. Make the defense adjust to you and then use what they're doing against them. But you can't come out as if you have all the world beaters on the offense that you can do whatever you want to. You don't have that right now. So stop with the bravado and use the guys to the best of their abilities based on what they're good at. So that's how you optimize the offense. So long story less long, just don't be stupid. (laughs) All right, number two from D-Stubbs. Hey, Stubbs. So, assuming Bosa doesn't retire and Mac is released as expected, what is your expectation for the Bosa-Tooley duo going forward? Will this be best pass rushing duo we've seen on this team since Merriman and Phillips? I had like the cursor on my computer in front of Bosa's name, and I like I pulled uh, Anchorman and I read exactly what Bosa. I saw. <laughs> anyway, what you got? Um, so let me ask you, Craig. I mean, are we we're ignoring the Melvin Ingram Joey Bosa tandem? Are we like going past that too? Because they had. 20 and a half sacks in a season in 16, 17, 16. Was, it, was that 16? I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly. Okay. I'm, I think I'm getting my years mixed up. I was thinking the 2018 season. I can't remember what happened. So, so anyway, that's, that's yeah. major. Yeah. Could you, so, cause I don't know the Merriman Phillips number off the top of my head. Yeah. As far as but, I think we're looking at name recognition. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, okay. when we're talking production, Merriman and Phillips, I mean, I think they were highly productive. They played off of each other very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a different era for pass rushers as well. I will say that we probably do overlook the Melvin Ingram, Joey, uh, partnership there. It was a really short period of time. Um, and also, uh, again, I think we may be disrespecting it a little bit once we look at <laughs> um, into the numbers a bit deeper, but I don't know that off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. So, so let me give let me give you that number. Okay. So let's say okay. let, I'm almost positive is twenty point five. Chat, check me on that. Feel free. I I'm pretty sure it's twenty and a half. We know Joey Bosa has what did I say early six and a half, and we know Tuli has four. So they've got ten and a half through halfway point of the year. Could they even do it this season? Okay, so I feel like we're looking at this in a vacuum because okay, when I think right. of edge rushers, I don't just think of them as pass rushers. I think of what okay. they do is setting the edge against the run as well. So overall, if we're talking about Tuli and Bosa being healthy moving forward and Joy Bosa still sticking around because it's another one of those scenarios that we can't really be sure of what's going to happen at the end of the year. This is probably mm-hmm. a safe bet that Khalil Mack won't be back, but Joey's kind of one of those guys that are up in the air. Oh, see, in the second half of the question, he says the best pass rushing duo, not so much just, you know, edge guys. Okay, yeah, point, point taken. Okay, (laughs) so I think that, um, yeah, I mean, I think so. 
I think there is a really good possibility for that because I don't know that we've seen all that Tuli can be. He's 21 years old, so he's still developing. And I'm thinking mm -hmm. about Merriman and Phillips. And Sean was more of uh, an animal off the edge. Phillips was a little bit more finesse. So I'm looking at Bosa and Tuli and seeing kind of like the compare and contrast between the two. And Tuli actually looks like a much better athlete than we gave him credit for coming out. So I think, you know, as again, he's still a kid. He literally doesn't have his grown man body just yet. His mm -hmm. athleticism is only going to improve. I think there's a strong case for aligning those guys up opposite of each other. And, yeah, and they have a really great rapport. Like, you see Joey and, and Tuli celebrating together. They do each other's celebration. There seemed to be, like, a real connection there. Um, so, yeah, I think it's there's a really good chance that they could be the next Merriman and Phillips, if not um, better than those two. And I mean, also to be fair on the Thule, you know, draft analysis, he didn't play all that much and they kind of were betting on the upside and they, they swung right. They took a big swing and it's paying off. So yes, but also, yeah, I mean, if projected out, they would meet the Ingram Bosa benchmark of that 20 and a half sack. So that's, that's definitely possible. And yeah, I mean, if we're talking about, a rookie in his first year in the NFL, you'd assume that there's going to be some ascension there too. So yeah, I mean, it's probably pretty safe to say that they, you know, Thule and Bosa could surpass uh, the, the Ingram Bosa tandem at one point. So Kevin broke it down. Would you rather have Bosa Ingram or Bosa Thule? Uh See, it, it, it this is rough because I don't know what Thule's prime is going to be right now. Yeah. I like the outside of Thule. Um, mm -hmm. I was uh, I was an Ingram fan, but I always felt like he'd disappear for stretches. Oh, and yeah. um, Thule is effective in essentially every way. If he's not getting after the quarterback, he's assisting in getting after the quarterback, and he's also setting the edge and he's creating tackles for loss. So he's literally doing everything. Melvin was more of an athlete not necessarily a technician. Thule has got a nice little toolbox already, and he's only 21 years old. So give me Thule's upside alongside Prime Bosa. Uh, I'll take that over Ingram and Bosa, even though it feels bad to say it, but it is what it is. No, I mean, Ingram at his best was always a finesse rusher, but also he was always frustrating as hell in his, like, even his best season. He would mm -hmm. always get to the quarterback. He would miss tackles. He wasn't very good in the run game. He was not only missing for stretches, but just downright bad in games. And he would pop off, you know, a three-set game here or there and really show off and everything. And having Bosa and Ingram there in, like, 2016 was fun to watch. But, um, yeah, I would I would take Thule over Ingram, even with the, like, half a season. And, again, we're projecting because that's just the nature of this question. But That yeah, made me I, think about um, Melvin Ingram, I don't remember, it was, I think it was a kickoff return in South Carolina. I still remember that dude returning a kickoff for like 80-something yards. It's still oh. ridiculous, somebody that size with that level of athleticism. See, I always think of that college highlight where he like decapitated that dude and returned the fumble for a touchdown. No, no, I think you're thinking of uh, someone who came after him who now plays for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. What's Buddy's name? He's, he's bounced around to a few different teams. He was a like top three draft pick, but he never really panned out. He played at South Carolina too. Why am I not able to remember this dude's name? This is 40 creeping in again. South, um, South Carolina pass rusher? Yeah. And he plays for the Ravens right now? Yes. 
All right, hold on. That's funny. See, now I'm gonna have to look too. Yeah. Memory's failing me. Hold on. But I know exactly what play you're talking about. You're just talking about a different player. Uh Davey and Clowney. Was that Clowney? Oh, yeah, good job, Davey Ivan. Thanks in the chat. Is that oh, I, who I'm thinking of? See, yeah, thanks. I mean, yeah, Jadavian Clowney. Yeah, he, I think, was it Michigan that they were playing? Uh, I don't remember the team, but yeah, he comes off, he was either off of the edge or he runs a stunt or something. I can't remember what the play was, and he destroys the running back. Helmet comes off, I believe, picks the ball up and returns it. Yeah, Bruce, that, was, yeah. that was like his, that was like his defining play. It's probably what got him drafted as high as he was. Man. When you go back and look, you'll see it was fun. All right. Okay. All right. Moving on. Cause now I'm going to like go down a, uh, the wormhole of Melvin <laughs> Ingram college highlights. Yeah. All right. Uh, last one here for discord. Cool. So yeah, let me see. Oh, screen froze. You want me to read it? No, I got you. I got it. How much do you believe the recent defensive believe, I guess, in the recent defensive performances? Obviously, Chicago and the New York Giants aren't good offensives. Jets, sorry, aren't good offenses, but they still look worse versus the Chargers than in other games. Detroit and Baltimore will be the big tests, but the rest of the schedule coming up includes Green Bay, New England, Denver, and Las Vegas. Can they keep it up? Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean... That yeah, exactly. Detroit and Baltimore are gonna be a huge test. This weekend's gonna be we talked about last night. This is gonna be a huge test. Um, they were bottom five just a couple weeks ago and they moved a little bit over the last two performances, but I feel like the answer if you're if I need to answer now, because I I'd like to see them play a good team like Detroit to see if they're you know back or whatever, but I will tell you that they they've improved. Because like the question stated, I mean, the Jets and Bears have looked pretty good against some good teams, and the Chargers made them look really, really bad. So while the Bears and Jets aren't a good offense, um, still, they made them look like a bad offense, while some good teams made them look good. So I don't want to say they're back. I will say that they've improved. I I'm not even ready to say they're good or even average yet, but I will say that it seems to me through the last two games that there's been some improvement defensively. Uh, I believe overall there's been market improvement when you kind of look at the different phases of the defense. When you're talking about the run game, they're a top five run defense now. Um, when you take into consideration where they're coming from from last season, being near <laughs> bottom of the barrel, that's a huge deal. Um, they've come in and played really well against some of the league's best running backs. I fully expect expected Brees Hall to bust at least one really big play last night because that's kind of what Brees does. Yeah, he got absolutely nothing in the running game. Uh, so his two overall, big runs were called back. Yeah, yeah. Like, so unfortunately <laughs> for him, but uh, it just kind of it looks to me like they're a team that's playing more physical in the trenches on the defensive line, which is also helping them on the back end with regards to pass defense, because, you know, if you're getting, if you're getting pressure on the quarterback, then DBs don't have to defend as long. Um, and also by helping them get the ball out quicker, the quarterbacks, by getting that pressure, the DBs are able to react against the receivers much better. So that's what you saw even last night. Guys were jarring balls loose because they were getting there um, on time. Sometimes the ball was coming out a little bit early. 
um, Wilson was off, which isn't doesn't take a whole lot to have Wilson be off. But uh, just given, I don't want to take anything away from the defense. But ultimately, up front on the defensive line, they're making everything look better overall, and uh, you have to give them kudos for that. Whether or not they're a good defense right now, I will say that they're better. And just like Garrett, uh, I think I've kind of mentioned this also. I have to see what happens against Detroit because one of the things that I'm curious to see is what they look like against a team that has uh, a really athletic running back and a solid tight end in addition to an offensive weapon on the outside. Detroit has all three. Um, The offensive line is actually pretty decent as well. So Jared Goff is going to get some decent protection and he's not played poorly this season whatsoever either. He's not someone you have to worry about getting out on the run. So he'll mostly be stationary, but they do a pretty, you know, I think they do a pretty fair job at protecting him. But Detroit's got a bunch of guys that can play on the offensive side of the ball. So you're not playing against the Jets uh, and Zach Wilson. You're going to have a competent quarterback and he has weapons around him that he can get the ball to that can make things very, very difficult for you. Uh, Baltimore terrifies me because Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. And same thing. They've got weapons, including one that I wanted them to draft. I'm sorry, the Chargers <laughs> to draft this season, but I digress. I will not go back there again. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, these two coming up are going to be, well, those two in particular are going to be huge tests. Um, but get back to me after the game next week, and I can give you a little bit more info about how I feel about the defense overall. But I'm encouraged by what I've seen just in these last two games, because even against the Jets, I'm pretty sure they held them below their season average in pretty much every statistic offensively. So Gary mentioned it. There were, quote unquote, good teams that uh, the Jets played really well against um, and gave a hard time even on the offensive side of the ball. So you can't take that lightly. The Jets beat the Eagles for sure. Did they beat the Bills too? I think they did beat the Bills, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, those are yeah, those are good yeah, teams. So, I mean, you know, the Bills are a weird team because yeah. they don't have a ton of offensive weapons. Really, they don't. Josh mm-hmm. Allen can just he can move around. He's got a big arm. He's got you know one primary great wide receiver and a couple of other competent pieces, but he really makes that offense go. Um, but I mean, when we're talking about the Eagles, though, you know, you know everything the Eagles have on the offensive yeah. side of the ball. So yeah, it's they're no joke. And um, you know, the Jets performed pretty well against everyone um, that they, I mean, especially against those teams that they beat. Not only on the defensive side of the ball, but they were able to do enough on offense to uh, pull out those wins. So you cannot overlook that. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like it feels like there's a lot of markers throughout the NFL season. Like the Dolphins haven't beat a, a winning a team with a winning record yet. The uh in over Chargers... a year, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Just just want to put that out there again. Yeah, uh in a while. Yeah, totally. Um Chargers did that uh, last night on Monday, but then you're like, well, they you know, they've played Bajant and then they're now they're playing Zach Wilson. Can they actually beat a good team? They beat up on some bad teams. Now, here we go. They're playing Detroit, and we're going to see another yep. marker. Same thing we just said, though. The Bills and Eagles played uh, Zach Wilson also, and the yeah. Chiefs almost lost to him as well. So, yeah, yeah you want to ignore that, be my guess. But I'm into, <laughs> I'm into the facts. That's what I care about. Yep. All right. So uh, I, let's get this question in from Kevin because uh, he said, so, hey, listen, if you don't get your question in uh, on Twitter or whatever, feel free to put it in the chat because we will uh, we will answer them. Kevin, 
I wasn't able to get my question in. All right, no worries. Uh, am I a quote unquote doomer in saying let's pump the brakes and see how we play against Detroit? Kind of what we were just saying. Nope. You're echoing my sentiments. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, even after last night, I was very, again, excited, encouraged by what I saw. But the game that I had circled was this one because I knew that there was a fair chance the Chargers could beat the Jets. Um, you know, if they played complimentary football, I thought, you know, the chances were pretty high. This is going to be the test because they have to play a balanced team who's also physical. So they showed me that they can be physical last night. Now show me that you can do it on both sides of the ball against a team that's willing to come out and smack you in the mouth, but can also put up points uh, on you as well. So it's going to be uh, an adventure this week, but uh this will tell the tale about where the team actually stands. So no, you're not a doomer. You just you need a larger sample size, which is reasonable. So you know, good on you for being a rational human being. Yep, yep. Good job. Uh, being objective and looking at uh, what this team really could be. And yeah, I think uh, without just blindly saying, "Hey, we're back. Chargers are back," you want them to beat a good team, and that's what we're talking about. It's one of those markers, man. They. They took care of business the last two weeks and they did it handily and we didn't have to worry for two weeks straight. I hope we don't have to again because those these games are so much fun. Yeah. They just beat up on teams and you don't have to really worry about it and it's not down the last field goal of the game again and whether Dicker is going to make it or not or if Herbert can put another game-winning drive together. The fact that they can just put two performances together where they just beat the stuffing out of two teams, uh, it's it's great all the way around. No, so, no seriously, people – Really, really relish that, by the way, because we know how far and few in between these scenarios happen, and we've had it in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, um, I know that we all want a winning team, but take your small victories where you can. Appreciate <laughs> the fact that you don't have to go visit the ER or maybe potentially have a defibrillator on hand mm-hmm. for two weeks straight. You had a chance to enjoy football and not have near cardiac arrest. Don't take yeah. that for granted. No, no, not at all. Because those first couple weeks, uh, we were we were heading down that road yeah. for sure. All right, next question is not from a name I'm gonna uh say out loud. <laughs> How you were even able to get this onto YouTube is beyond me. The fact that you're able I don't even I'm uncomfortable having this up on the screen, my guy, and I can't believe you would have oh this. God. As your username, and even be, I would. This would be my lurker YouTube account. This this would be my shadow account. I would no way, shape, or form use this in public, in a public forum with people around. And now you're asking questions, and I, <laughs> this is unbelievable. Uh, all I saw was the question. I went to go read his name. It all hit. Uh, <laughs> let's just read the question, which is, how good does it feel? To not have to worry about special teams for once. Feels well, great, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Well, not going to address your name. <laughs> Sir or ma'am. Yeah. Um, or person. By the um, way, the, the picture you're painting with this username, just something mm, else, man. Yeah. See, man, this <laughs> y- y'all are playing up on my sophomore sense of humor. I'm not that much of an adult. My age says that I am. The fact that I have kids and I'm married says that I should be. But mm-hmm. I'm very immature still. Um, so things like that, you'll, you'll you almost broke me just now. By the way, I'm, I'm holding it together. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Uh, as far as special teams are concerned, uh, 
I'm sorry. What was the question again? I got <laughs> How good does it feel to not have to worry about special teams? Amazing. Amazing. Uh, we've said it now for what, two years that it's been, it's actually been a strong suit of the team. Um, we've gone so many years where we've had our hearts broken uh, by doinks or giving up big returns. It's just an amazing situation to be able to feel comfortable in not only your coverage teams, but your kicker and having what could turn out to be an elite returner. So you see things that happened like last night and that special teams came in huge. Uh, having seven free points without your offense having to step on the field because they were struggling to move the ball anyway. You can't ask for more in games like that. You almost had to have that happen in order for the Chargers to be successful because it pretty much set the tone. And when you're playing some of these, I mean, there aren't a bunch of defenses in the NFL like the Jets. I mean, the Ravens are playing kind of that style of defense right now too. But if you can't get points on the board, you know, kind of traditionally with your offense, you have to be able to manufacture them in other ways. So if you get them in a return game and you've got a sure-footed kicker that can get you three points, then uh, you can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, I mean, Darius Davis opened up the game last night. You know, offenses weren't able to move the ball uh, on the Jets much at all. And Chargers had trouble moving the ball as well. But once they put that touchdown up on special teams, not even have to mess with that stout defense. I mean, it, it put the game away. They only scored six points. That's all they really needed all night. Yeah. But the fact that he did that, it opened up the game. It made uh, Zach Willison have to throw a little bit more. It gave uh, Justin Herbert, the offense, a little bit more relaxation a little bit to start off to have a lead that they can pad and slowly move down the field and try to score when they can. But that, I mean, that it's, it's awesome. Punter still sucks, but um, uh, that'll be something we can talk about later. But I am, uh, I, I'm very excited to have a uh, very good returner, young returner and a kicker. That's just automatic. Yeah. And I'm also now wondering about that name that, there's numbers after it. Did somebody already have that username and they had to put numbers after it? Like, ah, shit. Ah, man, it's already taken. I'm just going to put the year I was born at the end. Like everybody else does when your username's taken. But, that you but, but wait, what were the last two digits of that number? Eight, nine, probably okay. the year they were born. Okay. See, I read that wrong. I think, you know what? No, it was my brain doing the childish thing again. Uh -huh. yeah, so yeah, I yeah. didn't read eight, nine, a different it fell, number. Yeah. It filled yeah, in. Sorry, yeah. 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 Mm. <laughs> but regardless, uh, the, just the normal name was taken. You couldn't just settle on the, <laughs> the normal name. All right, let's move on, which I think was a nice segue. Thank you for that. Um, into our bad tweets. So, uh, let's start off here. And uh, let's let's read this one off. So this is a retweet, but let's uh, start from inside out. Robert Griffin III tweets, Watch a Caleb Williams sobbing with his family after losing the game will break your heart. This young man pours his heart out for his team every time he plays. Any NFL team would be lucky to have him as their QB, and this emotion shows how much this game means to him. Now somebody retweets it, and we usually, and we did here, take out the username for anonymity. Uh, this is somebody who, and it's usually because we don't want Charger fans' feelings hurt uh, to be the butt of the joke. But also, uh, if you had to look this up, I'm sure you might have seen it. Uh, it's a dude who used to be a coach on Last Chance U, 
you guys can fill in the blank on who that might be. <laughs> and he says, how about play? This is the response to RG3's tweet. How about you play better a man up your soft weirdo asshat wearing excuse making clown? First sentence, already a train wreck. Quit making excuses for these soft ass kids and man up. I wouldn't draft his nail polish wearing ass if he was the last QB available. Now, there's a lot going on here. First of all, this guy's a grade A asshole. And we know that. So that's not surprising. Um, can't put a sentence together. Also, not surprising. <laughs> Insecure. Also, not surprising. But the last quarterback available, you're not taking Caleb Williams, a guy who quite honestly is one of the best QB prospects we've seen in a very, very, very long time. A guy who is as close to Mahomes S coming out of a college as we've maybe seen. He has all the intangibles. He's teams losing his defense sucks. The kid shows some emotion with his family. And this is, this is the tweet he decides to send off. Okay. So first of all, <laughs> okay. Um, yes. Extremely insensitive, and apparently, I, I, I understand what happens when people tweet stuff like this. They're just looking for folks to agree. So I'm sure he was probably refreshing his timeline just to see how many likes he got because uh -huh. uh, there are many of these types of folks out there in Twitter land. <clears throat> With regard to Caleb Williams, you're lying. You absolutely would take a Caleb Williams. You know how I know you would? Because there are teams that are lining up they're tanking their season for an opportunity <laughs> after Caleb Williams. So uh -huh. either, I mean, I'm sorry, you were coach at last chance you, uh, or for the show last chance you, mm -hmm. um, so he got fired cause uh, his team sucked. Yeah. Well, it just goes to show where your level of expertise lies and also maybe why you ended up in the position that you were in maybe kind of sort of, mm -hmm. I'm sure takes like these didn't help your cause, but uh, I will say this, when you look at a guy like Caleb Williams, like, did I like the optics of this? No, I didn't love it, but for different reasons. But let's be for real here. This guy almost has to score nearly every time he touches the ball because his defense is horrendous. <laughs> Imagine putting that type of effort out every play offensively and then hitting the bench for about 30 seconds and having to come right back on the field and do it again over and over and over and over It's like again. the opposite yeah. Jets. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> so essentially, yeah, inverted jets. It's wild that, you know, you think that someone wouldn't be emotional after having to do this every single week. So dude probably feels a little broken, and he let it out. And, I mean, he let it out with the people that he feels most comfortable doing it with. I mean, it was done publicly. You know, he couldn't contain himself. You know, it is what it is. But, you know, be, be a human about it. You're criticizing this guy for showing emotion on the football field. He's a player who puts his all into the game. And he's tired of losing. And, I mean, he's one of the best to do it. Got people out there right now calling them or calling him one of the best, if not the best quarterback prospect they've seen in college in the last, you know, 20 or so years. So, whatever, dude. Uh, I'm sure you're somewhere at home probably eating some Reese's Cups and trolling on Twitter right now as we speak. I will just uh, – I I've seen this guy in person before. I was uh, downtown. In, in a downtown area mm -hmm. and he was there and people uh were like hey are you the coach for somebody recognized him 
And um, he was always smoking cigars in that show. So, um, of course, he was smoking a cigar, almost like, hey, like, look at me. This is, you know. It's a trademark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was, like, outside in the downtown area where, like, people are clubbing and stuff. And he's smoking a cigar, which is, like, way out of place, like, looking for attention almost feeling. And oh, the dude yeah. wanted <laughs> money for these kids to take a picture with him. And kids, I mean, like, 13, 14-year-olds. We're talking, like, high school age kids. And uh, he he's like, hey, hey, can we get a selfie? And he's like, man, it's going to cost you, kid. And he was he wanted, like, money for the kid to take a picture with him. Times and, are hard, uh, man. Real rough, man. Yeah. I mean, I, am, am I, is, this, is that weird, by the way? Am I the only person who doesn't see people outside in public smoking cigars? Is that a thing? No, no, people don't do that. Okay, I'm just no, curious because I've never actually seen it. Never, really, I've no, never man. seen it. Go to a cigar lounge, okay. smoke in your backyard, by the pool. I mean, there's plenty of places to do it. Outside in like a downtown area, especially, that's just, I mean, that doesn't, that's yeah. stupid. He was looking for attention, really. And the fact yeah. that he was charging for pictures was rough. And but, RG3 hey, man, is weird, right? Okay. For what? What's weird? I said, and he called RG3 weird. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. No, he's calling Caleb Williams. It's weird. Caleb being called weird. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. 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 Who, All right. Yeah, whoever. All right, next up. This is from uh, a Charger fan. Uh, when Staley was having issues, this is right before the game on Monday. A few head coaching candidates, the Chargers should be all over. Keep Kellamore's off as a coordinator, but all these guys are no-nonsense leaders of men in no order. Of course, it's the hashtag bolt up. Here's the list. Jim Harbaugh, Steve Spagnolo, Brian Flores, Mike Vrabel, Rex Ryan, Dan Quinn. <laughs> now we've talked about Jim Harbaugh and probably could have stopped the list there. Um, I wouldn't mind my, Mike Vrabel, but there are some names on this list. Uh, he, he's definitely doesn't remember Spagmo Spagnolo's uh, head coaching tenure for sure. Uh, still trying to make Rex Ryan a thing for some reason. Forgot how bad Dan Quinn was as a head coach. Brian Flores was bad as a head coach too, but this is wild. This it's list the is top guy list. It's the yeah, top yeah. guy list. Yeah. So he completely threw resume out of the window. <laughs> oh, okay. It's, it's right. The, it's right, the person right. who, I mean, essentially, yes, you've got some names on there with guys with some background, some pedigree, particularly the very first name mm-hmm. that I understand. But he's thinking about people who may come off a bit, you know, they're they're boisterous. Uh, they put off that bravado, that image that Chargers coaches don't have, and they think that somehow that translates into a winning culture. Not necessarily. Some of these dudes just kind of have a facade. It's not who they really are. But also, I mean, you can go talk to some of the players about a few of the names on this list, and they will <laughs> laugh in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them won't make a secret about it. Many of them have come out publicly and already uh, expressed their thoughts. But the Rex Ryan one always cracks me up anytime I see that on any list. Like, dude, it yeah. is not 2003. You got to yeah. stop. Gotta they don't, stop. they do not know what they're talking about. No. This is ridiculous. And not obviously it's a, a matter of opinion, but I mean, we're talking about guys that had head coaching jobs failed. I mean, Rex Ryan has been the laughing stock of the NFL for a long time. I mean, people don't even respect his opinion as an analyst right now. And he comes from a lineage of the Ryan family and that whole business. He had a whole thing going and nobody cares. I mean, he, he tries to fire off hot takes like he skipped Bayless and nobody cares. 
Nobody cares. And you want him as a head coach. I just I that's wild. Might as and well then, add Anthony Lynn back to this list, man. What? Say so might as well add Anthony Lynn back to this list. Right at the bottom. Put Anthony Lynn down there. Uh-huh. Leader of men, no nonsense guy. This, that's what we're doing. Tough guy. Real tough guys here. A lot of lot of bad coaches on this list. Mm-hmm. Really, really bad head coaches. All right, last one here. Now, this one I felt uh, pretty funny about. I, I blanked some bad words and all that, but somebody posted, which is a Dolphins fan. <clears throat> I know who this is, by the way. I'm sure you do. <laughs> Uh, they somebody was tweeting at this Dolphin fan about when Tua uh, lost and the Dolphins lost against the Chiefs in Germany, and he responded by saying, "F off, p word. Your quarterback's getting put in a coma tomorrow." And then a Charger fan wrote back, "Hey," and then used his at that I blanked out here. This you, and then tags Elon Musk, the FBI. And the NIMH. This <laughs> this is great comedy that I hope was on purpose. I respect this because <laughs> not only was he trying to get you canceled, he's trying to get you put in the feds, trying to get you locked up. And you know what? I love Justin Herbert too, so I'm right there with you. Get this clown out of here. Let's get you behind bars. <laughs> You are a minister to society, and you need to be locked away, <laughs> away from all women and children. As a matter of fact, you might be a threat to yourself. <laughs> I personally support this message, and I hope that, Elon, if you're out there and you're listening, do your job. Make this happen, man. Get this clown out of here. We don't need him uh, around. We don't need him said, around. He said, Elon, cancel his account. FBI, put him, you might, put him behind bars, and then also – get him in some mental health institution because this guy, he needs help. Extra <laughs> Send him to another country. I don't know something. Let him be someone else's problem. But I'm all, I'm down with this, man. This is, <laughs> this is the type. I can get, I can get, I can get behind this. This is what I want to support on Twitter. These type of activities. It's <laughs> all the sense in the world to me. Uh, and I, I don't know. The funny part about it is, and you know, it's not so funny. It's really me being um, a little bit shady and also petty, but that's what I do. Um, it's funny that you wanted Herbert put in a coma when you have a quarterback that has an issue. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> it's just mean. Um, I don't want to do it. Don't. I, yeah. I, don't. Don't. Don't, don't finish that. He one. doesn't deserve that. He no. doesn't deserve that. It's it's idiots like this that make me yeah. go there because I have no problem with your quarterback. Great guy. Looks like a wonderful human being, but. Y'all keep putting him in these situations where he has to take bullets for your stupidity. But anyway, uh, FBI, got <laughs> get on this. We got. And him. I, yeah, I, I'm trying to, and in my mind, like the backstory of like, man, this guy sucks. Like I, like I'm serious. Like this guy is a menace, and I need to get him uh, like off the streets. Like, does he think he's like actually doing his service by reporting this? account on Twitter to the FBI. <laughs> He's doing his civic duty, man. I appreciate this. I, or when, I, I kind of thought of it. When I saw uh, it, I was just kind of like, I laughed at it. and like, man, I, I, I'm not doing my job as an American. Why did uh, I not? Why did I not think of this? Brilliant. Uh, Salute to you, my man. You're that's a great work. one. This wasn't so bad. Well, I mean, maybe the first one was a bad tweet, but this more just made me laugh my ass off today, and I just had to share on this show. <laughs> 
So, hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, that does it for Roundtable. Make sure to follow Jamie. He's at lightning underscore round. Craig is at top underscore F-L-Y-T-3. I'm at Gary Sisti. We will see you next time. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Make sure you're subscribed everywhere, and we will see you next time. Salute. Dang it. I missed it. Damn it.